You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truth from his word today. What manner of man is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. Finding peace in the midst of the storms of life. This account in the ministry of the Lord Jesus is recorded for us in Matthew chapter 8, Luke chapter 8, and Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to verse 41 is the passage that I just read. Maybe you're here today and you're in a season of your life right now when it seems like things are out of control. Maybe you are in a great storm and things really don't look good for you or your family right now in this present moment. The winds of adversity are beating against your ship and your ship is being tossed to and fro by these winds of adversity. Maybe you're afraid, and understandably so. The disciples' ship was full of water, and it was sinking. And they were about to die. They were about to perish in this storm. And they were afraid. Jesus gave reference after calming the storm that their faith was weak. But I think every single one of us here today would have been just as afraid as the disciples were. Especially when your life is in danger. The ship was filling with water. It was sinking fast. And Jesus was sleeping. He was absent. And he seemed to be completely unconcerned about what was going on at the present time. He's fast asleep in the hinder part of the ship on a pillow. Let me ask you a question. What kind of storms are you facing in your life right now? Maybe it's a job situation or a lack of a job. Maybe it's problems that you're facing and issues that you're dealing with at work or maybe at school. Maybe you're under some real financial pressure. Maybe debt is building up and you see no way out of that debt trap. Perhaps there's a disruption and there's trouble going on within your family and your family members and your heart is breaking. Maybe you're dealing with rebellious children. And as John says, there's no greater joy than to see your children walking in truth and Yet you see your children walking away from God and you fear for them. And your heart aches for your wayward children. 
Maybe you're being faced with a separation in your marriage or maybe even divorce. Maybe you look at your life and there has been abuse. Mental abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, and now we hear almost every day about sexual abuse. Maybe you are facing death. Maybe you've experienced the death of a loved one or you have a serious illness or maybe you're dealing with a handicap. Maybe you're just depressed. Maybe even the doctors have diagnosed it as clinical depression. Maybe you have an addiction that you just can't overcome. Maybe there's a besetting sin in your life that you can't seem to conquer. Maybe you're distressed over the corruption and the moral perversion in our country. Maybe you're now in that reaping season when what you sowed is now being reaped. Your faith is weak. And you're sinking, and you're sinking fast. That peace of God that you've heard preached about, and that we sing about, and that is so frequently mentioned by others, is not the peace that you're experiencing right now during these troubled waters. One man said, even the upright can get uptight when facing the storms of life. Can you say amen to that? Once we're saved, we still have to face the storms. They still are going to come into our life from time to time. Peter said in 1 Peter 4 and verse 12, Beloved, think it not strange... It's not a strange thing for us to experience storms in our lives. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened unto you. Every single one of us are going to go through storms in our lives. But it's very interesting when you read about the storms of Scripture... I could not find a storm in the Bible that God did not bring something good out of the storm. It's an amazing thing. Usually we think of storms as being extremely destructive. But God always seems to bring beauty out of ashes. He turns the storm around. The disciples were in a very, 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 very bad situation. It couldn't get any worse. The ship was full of water. It was sinking. And they were going to perish any moment. You know, I've told you I'm not afraid to die, but the process of it I'm not looking forward to. They were afraid. Bad situation. But once the Lord Jesus got a hold of the storm, would you let Jesus just get a hold of the storms in your life?
Won't you just wake them up and let them know you need them? Because once the Lord Jesus gets a hold of whatever storm you are in, he takes something very bad and he turns it into something very good. And he arose and he rebuked the wind, he rebuked the storm, and said to the sea, Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? What an experience that they went through, and what a faith-building experience they went through. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit in my message here. I was going to bring this at another time, but just stop and think about it. The next time they faced a storm like this, how did they respond to it? Peter gets out of the boat and he walks over the storm to Jesus. He now had a whole different perspective on the storm. Now I'm going to tell you something. I would not have been getting out of the boat walking on those waves and those stormy seas to the Lord Jesus. But he had experienced how the Lord could bring a great calm. We'll come back to that story here in a minute. But the Bible said, Blessed is the man that endureth trials and temptations. For when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of life, which the Lord hath promised them that love him, bringing good out of a storm. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfast in prayer. It's amazing how the storms of life will drive us to prayer. These things have I spoken unto you that ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I have another page of nothing but verses that tell us how God will take the storms of life and turn them around for good in our lives. Do you believe that? I do too. The word of God speaks of two different kinds of peace. There's what the Bible calls peace with God and then the peace of God. And I want to stop and talk about peace with God here for just a moment. So to begin with, you cannot have the peace of God until you have peace with God. Now you can have peace with God and not have the peace of God. But you can never have the peace of God until you are at peace with God. How do we come to a place to where we have peace with God? By being justified. The Bible said in Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, Therefore, being justified by faith. When you put your faith and trust in Christ as your Lord and your personal Savior, the Bible says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have what? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What does it mean to have peace with God? It means that the war between you and God is now over. It's done with. The sin that separated you from God and made you an enemy of God's is now completely forgiven through the shed blood of Christ on the cross of Calvary and our faith in that. For when we were yet without strength... 
in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man would one die, yet peradventure for a good man someone even dared to die. But God commendeth his love towards us, and while we were yet sinners, say it with me, Christ died for us. And when we embrace God's sacrifice for sin, we are then in fellowship with God. We then have peace with God. Colossians says in Colossians chapter 1, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Listen, and having made peace, that peace with God, and having made peace with God through the blood of his cross by him, Jesus, to reconcile all things to himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. Praise God, we now have peace with God. No longer are we in warfare with him. Once you have peace with God through salvation, you can then and only then experience the peace of God. Peace with, and then peace of. It doesn't take long into your Christian experience to realize that though you may have peace with God, you don't always have the peace of God. Yes or no, church? You see, the Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and what? Peace. So what that tells me is the only way we can have the peace of God is if we are filled with the Spirit of God. So the Bible said, be not drunk with wine, where's an excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Because one of the fruits of the Spirit is to have that peace of God. Now, I want you to listen to this, please. The surest, the surest, the surest way to know that you are not filled with the Spirit of God is when you do not have the peace of God in the midst of the storm. So the storms of life are really a revelation to us as to whether or not we are experiencing the filling of the Spirit of God. Because if we are, no matter how difficult the storm is, we will have the peace of God. The peace of God is so much different than any peace that the world could ever give to you. The peace that the world <clears throat> gives to you in the midst of the storm is go get drunk. Go have another relationship. Go in debt and buy this or buy that because that'll make you happy. 
Any peace that this world offers you will be very, very temporary and short-lived. It'll not be that lasting peace. I thought about this in light of the passages there in Romans and Colossians that I've just read. When the Lord Jesus was facing the cross, Hebrews tells us that he made out his last will and testament. And when Jesus made out his last will and testament just before he died, do you know he mentioned you and I in that will? We have an amazing inheritance in Christ. Something very precious was left for us in Jesus' will. And you know what the things he said he left for us in his will? He said, I leave to you my peace. My peace I leave with you. Yes, I'm going to the cross and I'm giving my life so that you could have peace with God. But my peace in my will, my peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give unto you, not as the world gives. Give I unto you. Someone said, the world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. The other day, we gathered our family together. We had one of those call-in-the-troop sessions. I'll tell you, it's so good that when you're facing a storm in life, and you've got children who love the Lord and walk with the Lord, you can rally the troops. And you can call for a prayer meeting with your children. And after that prayer meeting, I've been having some issues with my heart. My heart's just been stopping for no reason. My heart will stop. I don't even realize it stops, but this monitor that I was wearing just tells me that my heart will stop. And when we were having this... Uh, <clears throat> After Christmas party for the bus kids, I went to get my drink. And uh, I was coming back. I had my drink in my hand, and everything just went black. And Daniel had to be, happened to be standing right by me. And I just reached out, and I grabbed him. And I started to go down, and then all of a sudden, I was back. Everything just went black. And I thought, man, if that's the way you die, hallelujah. <laughs> you know, just black, gone, and in heaven. And so my wife and I, a few years ago, we put together our last will and testament. And so I let all the kids know. I said, listen, I don't know, you know when the Lord's going to take me home, but if, if and when he does, in my gun cabinet, uh, I said, is uh, our trust. It's there. Isaac is the executor of the trust. Everything is spelled out. And so if something does happen to us, it's right there. You know where to get it, and I'll tell you exactly what each one of you get. Which ain't much, kids, I'll tell you that. (laughs) 
I'm going to tell you something. If all Jesus left us was peace, what a treasure. Because stop and think about what this world is clamoring for. What is it? Peace. Peace. We talk about the opioid addiction and how Congress just passed, I think it's six or seven billion dollars to try to deal with the opioid addiction. Why are people so consumed with this addiction? Why? The bottom line is, what are they looking for? They're looking for peace. Can I tell you something? They can throw $6 billion at it. They can throw $6 trillion at it. It's not going to correct itself until people have peace with God and then experience the peace of God. You know, something about the peace of God, it doesn't depend upon our circumstances. That's the peace that the world gives. That's why Paul said, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Just let it take complete control. Let it. This, this peace of God, can I tell you something? It is really supernatural. Unless you know the Lord and you've walked with the Lord and you've experienced it, you don't know anything about it. Because it is absolutely a supernatural peace. As Jesus supernaturally caused the wind to cease and caused a great calm to come, I believe he can supernaturally calm whatever storm is raging in your life right now. Do you believe that? So the peace of God is not the absence of storms. The peace of God is a peace that even in the storm passeth all understanding. I can't even explain it to you. I've experienced it, but I cannot explain it to you. It is beyond my understanding. Do you know how difficult it is to preach on something that you don't even understand yourself? So here I am trying to make something understandable to you, and I don't even understand it myself. I just know that God gives it. The peace of God will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. When I see that phrase, through Christ Jesus, I think that the peace of God is the addition of God's power to the storms of life. If Jesus would not have been in the boat, and if they could not have awoken him from his sleep, they would have perished. It's through Christ Jesus. The peace of God is a peace that comes 
when we focus our attention on Christ and not the storm. Let's come back to the Peter story. The next time the disciples faced a storm, yes, they're fearful, but they see the Lord Jesus coming to them, walking on the water. At first they thought it was a what? Thought it was a ghost. Would you have not thought it was a ghost? By the way, I don't believe in ghosts. But I would have thought it was a ghost too. And so the Lord Jesus approached, the wind was boisterous. And as Jesus approached, they realized it was Jesus. So what does Peter do? Because he had already come through a storm in the past, he now had the courage to get out there and walk over the storm to the Lord Jesus. And as long as he stayed focused and had his eyes fastened on Christ, he walked above the storm. But as soon as he took his eyes off Christ and he fastened his eyes on the storm, what happened? Church, what happened? He began to sink. The Lord has to reach down and save him. Be careful for, for what? Don't be full of care. All stressed out and worried and anxious. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Wake him up. And the peace of God, which passeth all, all understanding, shall keep your hearts, hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, my brother, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things, and the God of peace shall be with you. So when you're in the storm, get your eyes off of the storm, because that's scary. Get your eyes off of the storm, and get your eyes onto the Lord Jesus Christ. The disciples had experienced the peace of God. And by experiencing the peace of God, they learned what it was. And this is what I say to you. You have to experience it to know it. I think of uh, Laban, who had a conversation with his son-in-law Jacob. This is what Laban said. He said, I have learned by experience. Some of you are very young in the faith. You have not learned this by experience yet. He said, I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me. Paul said, and not only so, but we glory in our storms, in our tribulations also, knowing that tribulations, storms, worketh patience, and patience, experience, and experience, hope. 
Through our experiences of walking with the Lord over all these years, God has given us a hope that's steadfast and sure. And you know what? When you lose your hope, you've lost your peace. Now, I'm sure there's some of you right now, especially young people. Do young people know how blessed you are? No. But you young people are so blessed, first of all, to be in a Christian home, have parents that love you and are concerned about you and provide for you and take care of you, put food in your mouth, give you a warm house to sleep in, try to bring you up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You young people are so protected. I always think it's funny when children get too big for their britches and they think they, they're going to go out there and they're going to make it on their own. Guess what? Welcome to the world. So our young people, and there's many of them in our church, we're blessed to have so many young people in our church. But you have no ideas about the storms of life and how bad that they can rage. You have no idea. So there may be some of you here and maybe some of you that are even older and say, I don't need this message. This isn't for me. Everything's pretty peaceful in my life. I'm kind of sailing through life smoothly. I'm living my life the way I want to live it. Really? If that's true, you know what? I'm happy for you. But let me just encourage you, hang around a little bit longer and things will change. You'll never have in this life a complete absence of storms. As long as you are on this earth, storms come and they go. Just like seasons change. When those storms come, there's one thing you take from this message today. Let Jesus get a hold of it. You know why I say that? Because our natural inclination, at least mine is, I don't know about yours, maybe you're a lot more spiritual than I am. But my natural inclination when a storm comes is how can I handle this storm and how can I get out of this storm as quickly as possible? How many of you are kind of there with me? Yeah. So as I'm thinking about all this that's going on here in the disciples right now, I'm thinking, you know, Jesus could have stopped that storm even before it started. Who is this man? That even the wind and the sea obey him. Who is he? He's God. He's the one that created it. And he's the one who's in charge of it. So he could have stopped it before it ever started. But you know what? I think Jesus had something else in mind. 
And as you read through that story, this storm was going on for some period of time, right? They were doing everything that they could do to save themselves. But nothing they did was working, and so they finally said, we better go wake Jesus up. Well, he was teaching them a valuable lesson. And that valuable lesson strengthened their faith. And with every storm that comes into our life, if we'll let Jesus get a hold of it, let me tell you something. He will strengthen your faith in and through it. So instead of focusing on how we can escape the storm, why don't we just say, okay, Lord, what are you trying to teach me in the storm? I read this verse to Alyssa this morning, sitting there on the couch every Sunday morning. I think my children always think of me every Saturday night sitting on the couch with my Bible and my message in hand and every Sunday morning sitting there preparing to deliver this message to you. And Alyssa was sitting next to me this morning. She was reading her Bible. I said, Alyssa, listen to this verse. Ecclesiastes 1, verse 18. For in much wisdom... How many of you here would like to have more wisdom than you have right now? Are you serious? <laughs> you know what you just raised your hand to? Let me ask you again. How many of you here really want more wisdom? There's a few less hands just went up there. For in much wisdom is much grief. How many of you want more wisdom? What are you asking for? More storms. Alright, I don't want more storms. But I want more wisdom. God said, oh, you can't circumvent the storms. For in much wisdom is much grief. And he that increaseth in knowledge. How many of you would like to increase your knowledge? Can I see your hand? You scaredy cats. <laughs> Seriously, how many of you would like to have more knowledge? All right. And he that increaseth in knowledge increaseth in sorrow. Much wisdom requires much grief. Increase in knowledge means an increasing in sorrows. Wisdom comes to those who over the years have learned to trust in the Lord with all their heart. We sing this song and I'm not one to usually quote songs or poems or anything like that. I'm going to quote a couple of them today. The name of the song is Through It All. I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. I've had times when I, I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave me blessed consolation. That my trials come to only make me strong. 
I thank God for the mountains. And I thank Him for the valleys. I thank Him for the storms He's brought me through. For I never had a problem. I wouldn't know that God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in God could do. And the chorus goes through it all, through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned I can depend upon His Word. At first, the disciples thought Jesus didn't care. Does Jesus care? Could you just see them going down into the hinder part of the ship and shaking Him and saying, Jesus, carest thou not? How many of you here like to get a hold of God sometime and say, God, don't you care? Why are you silent? Why are you letting me go through this day after day after day after day? My ship is sinking and it's going down. Does Jesus care when my heart is pained too deeply for mirth or song as the burdens press and the cares distress and the way grows weary and long? Does Jesus care when my way is dark with some nameless dreaded fear as the daylight fades into deep night shades? Does He care enough to be near? Does Jesus care when I've tried and failed to resist some temptation strong? When for my deep grief there is no relief and my tears flow all the night long? Does Jesus care when I've said goodbye to the dearest on earth to me and my sad heart aches till it nearly breaks? Is it aught to Him? Does He see? You'd think that song was written by the disciples in that ship. But then the chorus. Oh yes, He cares. I know He cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When my days grow weary and the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. And all God's people said, Amen. Oh, how He cares. There are two kinds of storms that we will have to face in our lives. One kind is the storm that we bring upon ourselves because of the unwise decisions that we have made outside of the will of God and we are now experiencing the consequences for our decisions. Those are storms that we have brought upon ourselves. Jonah brought a terrible storm upon himself, didn't he? Because he was disobedient to God. Now, I will say this. These storms can be avoided. You don't have to go through these storms. I call these storms correcting storms. Storms that God brings into our life to correct us and to chastise us and to discipline us. Hebrews chapter 12 talks about that, doesn't it? Whosoever the Lord loveth, he what? 
chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth, and how this will produce holiness in our lives. Those are correcting storms. But then there's other storms that happen in our lives simply because we are in the center of God's will. You know what I call these? Perfecting storms. One is a correcting storms that we've brought upon ourselves that could be avoided, but then there's storms that God just allows into our lives so that we can cast all of our care upon Him. For He cares for us. We can be sober and vigilant because our adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion during the storm, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. But we resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that these same afflictions are accomplished in our brethren that are in the world. We're not the only one going through the storm. But after we have suffered a while, after we've experienced the storm for a while, he'll make us perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle us. To him be glory in his church perfecting storms but I will say this whether they are correcting storms or perfecting storms God has a purpose in the storm and he knows exactly how to handle it he knows exactly how to calm it he knows exactly how to bring you through it and give you peace in the midst of your storm. One person said, if he brings you to it, you can be assured he'll bring you through it. All God's people said, there's more that I have to share. Maybe I'll mention a little bit of this tonight. I want to end with this song. I think it was, I'm not sure. But it's a song called All Your Anxieties. I think uh, Andre Crouch wrote this song. Is there a heart or bound by sorrow? Is there a life weighed down with care? Come to the cross, each burden bearing all your anxiety. Leave it there. No other friend so swift to hear. No other friend so swift, so swift to help you. No other friend so quick to hear. No other place to leave your burden. No other one to hear your prayer. Come then at once. Delay no longer. Heed his entreaty kind and sweet. You need not fear a disappointment. You shall find peace at the mercy seat. All your anxiety and all your care, bring to the mercy seat. Leave it there. Never a burden he cannot bear. Never a friend like Jesus. Don't you think it's time that we take our storms and bring them to the mercy seat? And leave them there and start getting fixated on Christ and what he is doing and what he is performing. He's performing a miracle in the storm for his honor and his glory and our good. I've asked my girls if they would come 
And I want them to sing the song again for us. This is our invitation song today. That goes so well with what we've just heard and what we've just read. I'd like us all to stand and every head bowed and every eye closed. And I want you to fixate on Christ and not the storm in your life right now. And as my daughters sing, we want to open the mercy seat. We want to open the altar. And would you come and just bring your storm and lay it here? Girls, would you sing while we do business with God? The altar's open. You need to come. You come. When the storm raged about them, the disciples were afraid. For the waves were high and the ship was tossed. They could not find their way. Then they awoke the Master, saying, Lord, please save us now. He rebuked the winds and the sea grew calm, and they all wondered how. God sees the storm from the other side. He knows the lessons learned, and just beyond the clouds he sees clear skies. Speaks peace to the raging storm when peace cannot be found. He already sees the rainbow when we see only clouds. Like the man on the sea did, I have called on God in prayer. When it seemed to me all hope was gone, and in my deep despair, I remembered what the Lord said when he calmed that troubled sea. And I know once more how he sees the storm, and peace floods over me. storm from the other side. He knows the lessons learned, and just beyond the clouds he sees clear sky. He speaks peace to the raging storm when peace could not be found. He already sees the rainbow. When we see only clouds And when the storms of life come crashing in and trouble me I can feel God's arms around me And He whispers, let it be learned 
And just beyond the clouds he sees clear skies. He speaks peace to the raging storm when peace could not be found. He already sees the rainbow when we see only been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.